What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Okay, the room don't have been received. Time for a sound checky check check. Rising up, back on the greens, did his time, took his chances, went the distance, now he's back on his feet, just a man and his will to survive. It's the eye of the Tiger Woods. All right, sound sounds pretty good to us. Here we go. Three, two, one. We're back. We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. Clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History title. Back. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Bases loaded. Two out. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stride. Pitch your free throws because they free. Sold 144. Coming hotter at you guys than sold 143. And I'm flanked on my left by defensive coordinator Alex Toss Me the Rock to Sopolis. 44, that's me. Nikki Snacks Crider could not make it to the show. Um, unfortunately, he was eaten by a dragon. Crazy, right? I thought I was shocked. I thought he. I thought that was a joke when I heard that. Yeah, apparently they weren't getting enough food. Um, there was only about eight sheep north of Winterfell, and uh, that's all yeah. they got. So they had to start uh, eating members of the charity stripe. Yeah, and, they and st- Nick was the first to go. Easily figure yeah. that. That was. I mean, now that we hindsight twenty twenty, it's pretty much a no brainer. I hope that either you or myself are next. If it could just end at Nick. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I'm a little upset in the moment. Well, apparently dragons only have to eat every two weeks, so I think we're chilling for at least a couple of weeks. Well, get, for we'll, a fortnight, if you will. For a fortnight. <laughs> for a fortnight. We'll, get, we'll make it to episode 148, and then we're in trouble. Um, but until then, yeah, it's just Toss and I. Uh, Game of Thrones was on tonight, so dropping tomorrow morning on Monday. Game of Thrones. And there's a lot of people that love the Game of Thrones out there, so our Fab Five on Sundays from now on is going to be five takeaways from Game of Thrones, which is going to be super exciting. We'll do that at the end of the show. But in the meantime, we are brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for sports. And you know what? Just all kinds of podcasts in Los Angeles. Quick question for the fans out there. Do you believe? Believe, 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 believe. And we love the fans. We usually start the show off with some fan questions. But today, we got to start off with biggest balls of the week. Balls of steel. Biggest balls of the week. He just pretty much brought to you by Goldbond. Brought to you by Goldbond. No chafe life is a safe life. I got so overzealous because his balls were so big, and he pretty much just dragged them in Augusta on the greens for 18 holes, just dragging the sack. They were so huge, so dangly. And Tiger Woods, listen, I'm not going to sit here and talk golf terminology with people because going into this tournament, I had to do my research because we were obviously in a pool, you know, and it was very exciting. And I was like, all right, maybe we'll win some money. But then you get invested. 
and then you start watching golf, and then you start realizing what you're watching, and it's something you've never seen before. This guy, it's the longest, you know, stretch from winning a, winning a Masters. To, to winning again. To winning again, from 05 this is, to It was his fifth Masters. He had last one in 05, and now it's 2019. 14 years later. 14 years later, um, which is crazy. And he's one of the oldest to ever do it. And the way he did it, you know, it was very cool to watch because this was kind of the tournament where people were like, all right, Tiger's back. He, he was 12th in the world. Last year, he was like, like not even the top 100. Now he's 12th in the world. This is like the one where he's back. So you're watching him. But there's guys all around him having amazing tournaments. DJ, Kepka, Xander, you know, they all had J- Jason Day was great. Mm-hmm. You know, Molinari, Molinari yeah. up until like the last nine holes was fantastic. Who caddied, fine, f- fine, with, who caddied for him at a tournament. Yeah, crazy. Which is pretty cool. They they showed a picture of uh, Molinari dressed up in the caddy garb for Tiger. He now and Molinari were fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, and they were. They, it was everyone played really good. Cantley had an amazing like last couple of days. Mm-hmm. Jason you know? Day played really well. Yeah, and they, you know, so it was a great tournament to watch. But then you kind of get the sense that you're realizing something you've never seen before, and it's something you know you hear about almost, and you were you were worried you would never get to witness in a sense because 2005, you know, that's 14 years ago. I'm 10, you know, I'm 10 years old. I'm not I'm not watching golf. I don't yeah. remember. What I mean, I I was watching, but one of my uncle is a, he's a really big golf fan. He's like the guy that took me to the driving range the first time, mm-hmm. things like that. And so he would always he would always watch and. Um, I, I would used to, I used to watch with him um, for for Masters. So I, I mean I've watched Tiger win before, but I'm not appreciating it with the same mindset that I am now. I've seen it before, and I was accustomed to it. I know, okay, as a kid, Tiger Woods is the best. Tiger Woods is Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan of golf, where it's not even like you're watching Derek Jeter, who's not the best player. He's like one of the most exciting, most recognizable players ever, but he's not the best player ever. You know, you you get accustomed to it. You know, it's okay. This guy's the best, and you just assume it's going to go on like this for your until he retires, and you'll see it again. You'll see it again because the golf is can, can be that kind of sport. But then he he leaves, injuries, scandals. He's gone, and he comes back today. And some of the coolest things and takeaways were from today, were, you know, it, it was great to see. It was the perfect timing for him, almost because nowadays people you either want to see a massive upset in sports, or you want to see something you don't expect to see and never have never seen before. If a guy like Phil Mickelson wins, no offense to him, he's a great golfer, no one's jumping out of their seat. You know, you want to see a guy put on the green jacket for the first time, a guy you necessarily, you know, didn't see winning this whole thing, or you want to see something legendary go down. And that's what we witnessed today. And I thought that was cool. Someone whose golf is not their favorite sport by any means, I thought that was phenomenal to watch. I thought it was great to watch when the camera would go to him in in the fourth round and you saw his face and you at one point said he is just stone cold killer right now you it's like watching it was like literally watching al pacino robert de niro like or pacino like in the, in the godfather you know when they don't say anything but they they're looking at somebody else and you you don't even know what they're feeling you just know it's so deep down and deep rooted in them that it it is it is anger and it it is seriousness and it is just you cannot penetrate that. He is fighting some inner demons right now. And he was it was like a, he was fighting himself. He was against himself. And I, was, I felt like I was watching a movie when I was watching him there. And it was cool. Like the guys around him, like Molinari and Finau, were just crumbling. Because you, it's like you Molinari and Finau are great. Like you, you go to the Olympics and you have, and you're a sprinter or you're a swimmer, and you have amazing the first two heats. You crush it. You, you could have the fastest times in the first two heats. But then you get to that final. You get to that 100-meter final, you know, on the track. And you look to your left, and there's Usain Bolt. Or Michael Phelps. Or Michael Phelps. And you have to beat that guy. You have to beat a guy where, yeah, you want to win your first green jacket. You want to win your first race. You want to win your first Olympic gold in that category. But they have a legacy it's like, they, it's at stake. Inevitable. Yeah. They were defending that legacy. It's literally like Mr. Smith in like The Matrix. It's like, it is inevitable. It is inevitable. I mean, when you when those two guys are going against Tiger f- for the title, you, you can't. That's that's too tough. I mean, playing against good competition, you know, is is it can raise your competition, but to a certain extent. I mean, to watch uh, to watch the crowds, just give him so much so much praise. I didn't even know they did. They love everyone. Uh, he's so well loved. 
by everyone in golf. I mean, it's it was so apparent today um, on the course. You see, I think it was on 16, Molinari and, and Finau, you know, who he was playing with, uh, both put balls in the water. And uh, <laughs> the crowd cheers because cheers. Tiger put it on the green. Cheers. I was like, what, the, what are they cheering? He's not even up. And like, oh, they, my God. They go to this event to watch Tiger Woods play golf. And play well and win and be old Tiger. He was 21 when he won his first Masters. 21. This is a guy where a lot of these golfers... It's a, li- it's a lifetime him. away since his first. It's our lifetime away from his first Masters. It's like exactly. It's like it's, it's like, twenty two years. It's like two lifetimes away. He's like doubled his lifetime. It's like it's like a young guy like Edelman or somebody going to play with Tom Brady. No, I mean it's really amazing. You've got like kids who are at the Masters and kids who are watching on TV, young golfers who are you know have heard of Tiger Woods and oh he was this great player you know fifteen years ago or whatever and ten years ago 15, 15, 15 or more um, and for them to get to kind of see. How good he still is. And get worked by him like that. Like is a guy like Spieth. A guy like Spieth who's been great, you know, who he had, had a bad his, first day, but then his yeah, oh, he, he had great through the th- the last three rounds he played really well. He, played and really he ended well. up, I think, five under. But he's never played against a great Tiger Woods. A great like up until like this tournament. Like, no, I mean Tiger was Tiger could, could be. Tiger was uh that's four, cool for him. He I was fourteen under. He had the the luxury of being able to bogey the last hole because he had that much of a cushion. Yeah, because once Kepka missed that putt, it was he was chilling pretty right, much. Right. And but like a guy like Spieth, like I'm, like we're saying, is for him to play against Tiger like that, a guy who he probably I assumably idolized. You know, like a guy like Pat Mahomes playing Tom Brady in the AFC Championship. Yeah, you want to beat Tom Brady. Yeah, you're there to compete. But there has to be that small sprinkle of wow. I'm going toe to toe with the greatest quarterback of all time. You know, to win. To win a Super Bowl, mm. to get to the Super Bowl, yeah, it was like pretty golf or like golf. It was a pretty amazing moment. I, I mean, for those who were watching, they they probably noticed. But when he was walking from the fairway, actually, it might have been from hole seventeen to eighteen. But no, 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 it was after his drive on on eighteen, and he kind of knew that, you know, what he had been put. He had put so much time and effort into into working towards the position to where he was in this tournament, and he just he was crying. Yeah, he had he had two. Like yeah, he was on like his second uh, second stroke on on the on eighteen, and he's just crying. And he grabs the towel from his caddy and wipes his face, and then hits the next shot. And it was just like one of those moments, you know. That's what I'm saying about like they're they're following his face like the first like you know like through holes like seven and like you know honestly from like the start of the day up they're following the the close-ups of his face and his body and his body language and trying to get trying to get some emotion out of him the extreme and focus was just exactly there. the very focus. apparent it's like what it says when i'm talking about and he finally lets it out but that's what's buried in there yeah it's that like it's the and you can which we've been talking about a lot and, lately but like that mamba mentality the like the iciness just having the ice cold water in your veins and just being clutch and it's something you can't like you can't even put it in his case i guess yeah he can't even put like a name on what he had going on there and as you could and you you don't have to love the sport of golf to if you love sports in general that's something you always love to see out of an athlete like that and i love how i love like the red on the last day great luck his kid was rocking it too with the backwards hat and he does it in front of his family Mm -hmm. you know what to talk about redemption his mom's there he high-fived some woman so hard with such force, I thought that she was her elbow was going to snap in half. It's a fun game, like guessing who all the people that he's like. I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, you don't know. Like a lot of them, you don't know. Like okay, he like he or like, like his agent maybe, like his yeah. agent's wife. I don't like because they're all dressed like publicist. golfers. Mm-hmm. Like can they like wear like they need a name tag? No, if you're there, you gotta wear your you gotta wear your polo and your shorts and you get your master's hat. You know, buy the buy some swag while you're there. It's turned out to be. The number, I don't know why, I don't know what changed me over the last four days, but that is now the number one sporting event that I want to go to in my lifetime. Yeah, there's so much legacy involved there. I mean, I think, yeah, it'd be a tremendous honor to go to I want a tremendous honor. There looks nothing more enjoyable than me, some loose-fitting, you know, khaki shorts, shoes, no socks, pair of boat shoes, polo. Some oversized aviators, folding chair, some a cigar, and maybe like a beer. Yeah, definitely a beer or two. And like watching Holy just sitting there the whole day. That is like, oh my God. I think the funniest thing about it is like, you know, people get, they post up, right? Like in the grandstands or at, at the post up at, the, at the pin. But you, but you would so much rather post up at the pin than at the driver's uh, 
at the, at the tea. They, those people the tea box. Because the tea box. to the game. Well, no, it's like you, you can't tell really unless you've played the course or you're getting the vantage point of a viewer on TV how the drive looks. All they can see is these guys just like hitting bombs, which they all hit bombs. Oh my god! Them them clapping after they hit it. They they they, they clap. They they drive it and they clap and they have no idea if it was a good drive or not. And like, uh, it's, it's like they're like in the rough and they're like, oh, fantastic effort. How do you know? Like, yeah. yeah, you got to post up at the pin for yeah. sure. That that to me is a no brainer. The pin post up. How you be? You have to have been late to the day. That's woefully unprepared to be parked at the drawer to be posted up. Hey, at if the Tiger's driving. getting up at four, you can get up at five thirty. Like, come on now. You got up at four today. Every day he plays golf, he he gets up like. Five hours before he has to like actually play. How do you even and sleep? starts prepping? I don't know. I feel like after a day playing eighteen every time, you're ready to hit the I shot. I shot a, a commercial. I shot in January. The night before, did not sleep a wink. I was just so amped. Was yeah, like, but these guys are so. It's so like you're out in the sun. I know all day. I know. Like it's like I can't like. You're just like, I, w- you're I would sunbeat. You're ready to I go to w- bed. Not even nerves. Like oh yeah, I'm sure you're exhausted when you get out of there. They probably get to good. They probably do get a good night rest. But I would be so amped with energy, and like you know vigor. Hmm. Sure, like, I gotta understand how he gets up that early. Yeah. The five. What do you do for five hours though? So many things. So many activities. But Tiger Woods' biggest balls of the weekend. It's gotta be one of the. It's the coolest. It's the second coolest individual achievement I've seen in sports in my lifetime. It's very cool. Behind Michael Phelps winning. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. The Phelps thing is ridiculous. Yeah, congratulations, Eldrick. Yeah. The <laughs> That's his first name. That's Tiger's first name. Threw me for a loop. Tiger, yeah, congratulations. Completely amazing. Uh, thank you for letting us watch that. And now we'll move on to the fan questions. Question number one, dear Josh and Toss from the Charity Stripe. Will the Boston Red Sox pitching keep them from getting back to the playoffs, let alone the World Series? That's from Brian in New York. Listen, the, the Red Sox starting pitching is off to a historically horrific start. Porcello, I mean, can't make it out of like the third or fourth inning. Sad. Chris Sale, forget, you know, the, the earned runs. The strikeouts, he's got like 5.5 strikeouts per nine innings, and he's usually above 10 at least. So that's quite alarming to start the season off. I think he, the, a couple of years ago the Indians put Corey Kluber on the DL for like all of May. And I honestly would not mind the the Red Sox doing that with Chris Sale, letting him get a little more rest. So we have him for June, July, August. Price had a really good day today against the Orioles, albeit, but those are the teams you have to beat up on. And the Eovaldi contract for the first couple starts has looked like a complete fucking disaster. I mean, the bullpen, which any Red Sox fan and most of baseball will be worried about with the Red Sox, you you can't even really tell yet because they haven't been put in a serious position or or a couple of positions to see what they would do and see how that would work. I mean, they're 6-10. You know, the lineup, Betts hasn't really been hitting. Devers might as well not show up. And Jackie Bradley Jr., they should just skip him in the order and take the app because that's what's going to happen anyway. <laughs> Granted, it's 16 games into the season, and you can't be, you know, losing yourself in your pants like this early on. But there are warning signs. The biggest, and the Yankees are the same record, yeah, sure, but they have everyone and their mother. Severino Stanton, Gary Sanchez, Batances are all on the injured on the injured list. Yeah. On the injured list, the biggest the biggest issue is the Rays. The Rays are. It's not. It's, as, it's how scary good that they actually might be. Exactly. It's not the first of all. Blake Snell is the best pitcher in the American League, and he could prove to be the best pitcher in baseball this year. Okay, he's that dominant. The Cy Young was not a fluke. This kid's a complete stud. Let's say that first and foremost. The Chris Archer trade, I don't know how many fucking times I have to say it on this podcast or just to, to Nick every time I look at the Rays or the Pirates team in general. The Chris Archer trade, I promise you, is going to prove to be one of the worst trades in the last five, maybe ten years. Glass now giving up on a pitch like him who was just getting some command and control away from being a dominant starter. Ship him to Tampa. on For Chris Archer, who's completely declining and is now 30-plus, you get rid of Austin Meadows, who was one of their top outfielding product prospects, and he's hitting three like 85 right now. Yeah, that won't last, but he is a legitimate leadoff hitter with some pop, which has become pretty attractive in baseball. They sent him to the race, and also Shane Vaz, who you haven't even seen yet, but I can promise you'll be at the very least be solid and serviceable for the Tampa Bay Rays. They also deploy this ridiculous method of having a slew of fucking relievers come out and pitch throughout the game. I thought that was completely ridiculous the first time I saw it. Shit in my face. It's working out for them. Charlie Morton was a great signing, and now they have some rotation. Tommy Pham was a good pickup, and they they make good moves. They make moves that fit their team, and now they have the ace to do it. 
and the bullpen and the method. And you know what? The Red Sox, it's trouble because you're not the you're not necessarily the top team or playing like the top team, and you can't rest on your laurels. And they know that. Listen, they've been, they've been there a couple times. This team, they've been to the playoffs. They won the title. I'm not nervous about. I think they'll get back to the playoffs. Though I think there's no reason to hit the panic button quite yet. But they have to look at Dallas Keuchel. They have to look at him. See what they see what you know. Maybe they get him for three years. And I don't think Keuchel is gonna. You know, he's not like a Cy Young player anymore. But he can really shore up the, the the rotation. I mean, Eduardo Rodriguez is good. He's good. He's been one of the better pitchers in the Red Sox. I don't think he's a dominant player. You know, Porcel is giving me an aneurysm again. I can't say that enough. So I think you should be worried about the Red Sox pitching. But yeah. I don't think it'll keep him from the playoffs necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I I think you have to be you have to be worried with some with some teams breaking out like the Rays. You know, the Twins, who we've talked about before, are actually I think, pretty good. I, well, I think the Twins are going to win that. And the, Mar- and the Mariners being... Right, but okay. So the Indians are a good team as well. And they can they can compete for a wild card spot. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the Mariners or the Astros, one of those teams, will be competing most likely at the end of the season because the Mariners have surprised us and are actually really, really good. Well, that's we knew a, that the Astros... Not surprised us, but but yeah, for how, yeah, for they how can, good they are right now. To this point. I mean, yeah. like the Mariners are a great point because if you're the Red Sox, you go, okay, the Rays are going to win the AL East if it gets to that point and you have to compete for a wild card spot now you're not just competing against the Yankees and the Indians you're also competing against if assuming the Twins win the right, Central right. and assuming the Astros win the West which I, I, they probably end up well I, I'd be very shocked if they didn't the Angels aren't terrible I think the Red Sox could outlast them but the A's can hit the Mariners can fucking hit yeah Encarnacion I mean who the hell was sleeping on this guy you have to be on crack to be doing that. Beckham is a very good player. He can play short and third. I like him a lot. Vogelbach was a cast off from the Cubs. That's a big boy. Big boy is a big mistake. He was very good in the minors. They didn't really give him a shot. He was kind of blocked by Rizzo. They sent him to Seattle. He's been great for them. Uh, Healy is fine. He's a good like seven hitter. And then you have Deke Gordon, fast as shit. Mm-hmm. Malik Smith can steal some bases. Yeah. Mitch Hanniger is one of my favorite players in baseball. Called his breakout. Not to brag, but I did a couple years back, you know. And this Mariners team's also all of a sudden you have to worry about more teams. So the mm-hmm. pitching has to shore up. I think they have to put sale on the DL. The hitting has to get them past May, and then they have to make one move. It, they don't have a they don't have the farm system to go out and trade for somebody. It's got to be signing Keiko. And how, it, you don't have much. If it gets to that point, you may not have much of a choice if you want to compete again. So yeah, which they do. They do obviously because they just won the title. You can't just you know, take a year off. Mm-mm. Baseball doesn't work like that. Nope. Question number two. Dear Josh and Toss from the Charity Stripe, who are the pro comps to some of the top defensive prospects in the NFL draft? And that's from Matt in New York. There's so many good defensive prospects in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go with some ceilings, some guys, some like some of my favorite guys. I thought like, I'll throw out like six or seven guys real quick. Nick Bosa, you have the obvious Joey Bosa comparison because they're brothers and they're pretty much have the same size and like the same skill set and same position, same position and play the same way and that's fair enough. Just to go off brand a little bit, Ryan Kerrigan, a guy who can get you double digit sacks, is athletic, is strong, you know, can play on either side, can stand up if need be. Smart player, smart too. player, plays within himself. Yeah, yeah, play exactly. And he, I mean, if Kerrigan was playing anywhere but Washington and playing in a bigger market, he'd be a way bigger name because I think he's a super productive player. He's actually gotten better with age. He's got some injury issues, which kind of matches with Bosa. Mm-hmm. I think if Bosa could stay healthy, the sky's the limit. I'm not going to say he's like JJ Watt. He's like, and he's not even clowning. He's not that kind of size, but he could be like an elite pass rusher. You know, maybe like a Demarcus Lawrence type. If we're going away from his brother, Cleveland Farrell, guy. I lo- I mean, I love the whole Clemson defensive line. My two favorite. I like Wilkins a lot. But my two favorite guys are Farrell and Dexter Lawrence. Um, Farrell, I got to go with Chandler Jones. Just like the length and the ability to get to the quarterback. Not wildly fast not like a Von Miller first step off the edge but he can make good moves against you know like a tackle and gets the can come around the edge to get to the quarterback and he's got like good long arms mm-hmm. and he's strong he, yeah. he's very good against the run like Chandler Jones is very good yeah against I got the run. a running back breaking out outside if he gets an arm on him he can take him down exactly yeah. he's, Chandler Jones is very good against the run when he, the Patriots first brought him in so I think that's a good comp for him uh Dexter Lawrence uh, it's tough. The nose tackle position, it's it's tough to come by a really dominant nose tackle. 
And it's crazy that I'm even throwing this out there, but his ceiling, his ceiling is Vince Wolfwork. There's a reason why. I mean, all these guys in defensive line for Clemson were fantastic, but there was a reason why they're so good. And you need that anchor. This guy's like 6'3", 6'4", like 340. If he's fully healthy and the off-the-field issues are nothing, which I think they will be, you can't. And he's quick. He's not like slow, and he's strong as not. You can't move that man. If he's if he is on a team, and it's going to be interesting to see what team picks him. Because I, I think if he could get somehow to the Houston Texans, I think his career will be set. I think it's a perfect fit for him. That's a scary defense. I, I, Vince Wolfric's a bit of a stretch. I know that, but I think he's got that body size and he's got the dominant, and he makes that kind of difference that Vince Wolfric made for the mm-hmm. Patriots. You know, where where everyone around him is better because of him. And I think Dexter Lawrence has that capability. And imagine making Jadavian Clowney and JJ Watt better. That's a scary, scary Freeing defense. Them up. He's so Freeing. big that he has to take he has to take two guys. I mean, like each one of those guys almost feels like they have to each take two linemen. Yeah. Which is like that can't it's not possible. <laughs> it's not possible. You can't, it's, it's it's you can't do that. You really can't do that on that team. I mean it's the per it to me it is the perfect fit. Um, it truly is. You have to put a guard in the center on Lawrence. You you, you physically cannot throw your center on him. Mm-mm. He's just too big. He's, he's like he's like almost fifty pounds bigger. And I don't care how strong that guy is. It's that's a lot of weight to throw around. And he and he put, and he throws his own weight around really well. So that's another one I'll throw out there. Josh Allen, uh, Anthony Barr, like uh, the most consistent version of Anthony Barr, an athletic guy who could line up on the end. He could stand up, play a three-four. Um, he's better in a three-four. Josh Allen, I feel, um, his coverage skills. You, he's more of a quarter. He's more of like a sack artist than he's a cover cover linebacker. But he, that's why he can't. You know, he wouldn't play a stand-up linebacker in a four-three on the outside. But he, he he's good again. He's good lining up on the ends. Um, so Anthony Barr is a good comp for me. I think he's. I think it's a. Good, I think it's a good placement. The most consistent version, like the 10, 12 sack version of Anthony Barr. He's not quite Von Miller, you know, but he could be. It's funny that your comp is Anthony Barr because Josh Allen, quarterback Josh Allen, hurdled Anthony Barr last year. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. It's two now. Two Josh Allens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both physical specimens. Quinnen Williams is like the best version of Marcel Darius or Gerald McCoy. Just he, he's my favorite player in the draft. The more I think about it, I mean, he just truly is. I think he's the only knock against this kid is that he is like a one-hit wonder, like a one-year wonder at Alabama. But it's not his fault. I mean, you have to play behind guys, and there's so many guys ahead of you that it takes you. You have to wait your turn in that program. But it, it, waiting his turn is proven so. I mean, he's a young guy. He's a dominant force. He's strong as an ox. He's got great feet. He can move. He's another guy that you have to double-team. You have to. Mm-hmm. I think a great fit for him would be, I think he's a f- fantastic fit for the Raiders. He's a fantastic fit for the Jets. I mean, it'd be interesting to see him go to San Francisco. You know, they have Armstead. They have DeForest Buckner. They don't really need him. They more so need Nick Bosa or Josh Allen. I think they'll end up taking Nick Bosa. Um, so I think I think it'd be interesting to see the Jets pair Quinn Williams because he can play on the end in the 3-4. And that's what the Jets will probably be running, a 3-4 um, or 4-3. It's Greg Williams. So he could play on the inside next to Leonard Williams in any kind of situation. So he's, he's very versatile across the line, and so is Marcel Darius. So I think that's why it's a good comp for them. And Ed Oliver, my favorite comparison right here is Geno Atkins. Just like a big boy who causes a lot of pressure in the middle. A lot of interior guys. A lot of line. Just a lot of defensive linemen, honestly, this year. Yeah, you got Montez Sweat, who can be like a Julius Peppers. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. He's scary on the outside. Just yeah. a 6'6", six, six, super athletic guy who can overpower you, who can outrun you, who's got good hands. He's a little raw athletically, but so is Peppers coming out of college. And I think that's a good comp there. But Ed, Ed Oliver to Geno Atkins is my favorite. Geno Atkins is one of the most underrated defensive players in the entirety of the NFL. His his sheer strength and his ability to overpower guards, you know, and overpower one-on-one matchups and be like a, a one-gap D-tackle. I mean, his technique is fantastic. And I think Ed Oliver, a lot of the off-the-field stuff and all of his antics while in his final season at Houston, I think that's the only reason he's not a top-five lock. lock. Mm-hmm. If he if he was like a clean clean slate type guy, I mean he could be going he'd be going second overall, he could be going third overall to the Jets. I mean he would be he'd be in that conversation. I mean Quinton Williams, that's why Quinton I think Quinton Williams is a little bit more talented. He's got a more a higher ceiling than Oliver. That being said, I could be totally wrong, you know. And Geno Atkins is no one to like you know poo poo. So that would be those would be my cops right there. 
Moving on to question number three. Are the Lakers, dear Josh and Toss from the Charity Stripe, are the Lakers kidding going after Ty Lue? That's from Morgan in L.A. I mean, this is a complete, this is a joke. I read that report and I'm like, this is a joke. I mean, I get it. What? It's, I, it didn't it's work. The, it's it didn't. the LeBron effect, though. They, he's been with LeBron before. They won a championship, which was bogus. I, I'm, I'll say that so quickly. It was a bogus championship. For, as far as like Ty Lue helping his team, no, I know, win I know, the championship. The 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 team won, but Ty right. Lue did nothing. Nothing. He's a he's a puppet. He, David Blatt was a better coach than him. Yeah, but David Blatt's too big of a personality. We've talked about it before. I think you know Luke Walton, young coach, trying to implement a new system, trying to make a name for himself as a coach in the NBA. Um, he's got a lot of good things going for him, and I think that you know LeBron needs someone that kind of just backs down. And Ty Lue has shown to do that. So, I, I mean, it makes sense why they're going after him. I think that that's not the right move. I think that there are coaches out there who can work with LeBron, like we saw Eric Spolstra do um, in Miami, um, and can make the other players around LeBron better, which is something that, that needs to be done. I mean, those young guys need to be put in the mindset where they can play with LeBron rather than, than like moving out of the way and letting LeBron do his thing. They need that mindset. And the, the whole cohesion needs to be something that is emphasized very clearly next year. The last 365 days, the Los Angeles Lakers organization have been a complete disaster. Disaster. Absolutely. Complete train wreck. It's 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 ridiculous. So you, you pineapple fi- upside down cake. You fire Luke Walton, who <laughs> I don't know what that means, but <laughs> I'll take it. You fire Luke Walton, who by the way, when this team was fully healthy, they were in fourth place in the Western Conference. What? Let's just say that, okay? Mm-hmm. You fire him. Then you're talk. You're talking about bringing in Ty Lue, Jawan Howard, Monty Williams, like his boys, like his homies to coach the team. Like LeBron James is the I, I will say this time and time again the best player to ever step in the court. This is the guy you can't build around a thirty-five year old dude. You can't, dude. You, you, I mean, this is he's not the best player in the league anymore. I asked you a very serious question today, whether or not the Rockets would be would have a better shot of getting to the championship with LeBron replacing James Harden. I said no, right? You said LeBron would be. Would get them there, I think, is what you were. I could have misinterpreted no, your I, answer. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think so either. I, I mean, I think LeBron's now. a better player than James Harden is, but I think that for that system, and yeah, you know, every everything works. It's not like you can stick any player on any team; and they'll work perfectly. It's just gone. You're playing with four other people on the court. Gone are the days where he can take over a game and win the game on his own. He can take over a game and throw down a ridiculous stat line. But they'll, they may not win that game. No. He can't play hero ball anymore because even like a team like like the, the Blazers where Damian Lillard gets all the credit, you know, they're, they're playing the Thunder today, and the, the leading scorer like into the second quarter when they were being so dominant was C.J. McCollum. Yeah. You need to, you need to, in, in the, the Nurkic thing was a huge issue. Cantor had like almost 20 and 20 today. Oh, he's a monster on the boards. He's a monster on the boards, and he had like 20 points. I mean, you got to implement the other guys. That's how you win the game. You know, if you want, you got these other guys have to show up. Like Daniel House today, and Capella, and Chris Paul. Like the, They were huge for the Rockets. They were instrumental for mm-hmm. the Rockets being there. And you, you need these guys. Yeah, they had stuff. five guys in double figures. That's how you win. It, like through, th- through two quarters or something like that, or through three, like early in the third quarter. You're not going to beat the – let's say the Warriors don't break up. Let's say Boogie stays. Let's say – Durant stays, and let's say Clay Thompson stays. Well, you mean let's say Boogie leaves. Boogie bounces. He's gone. Let's say he goes somewhere. Mm-hmm. But they re-signed Durant. And they, yeah, and they, they, they get yeah, Clay back. Yeah, they, they keep those two guys. Let's say Golden State keeps those two guys. You you really think that the Lakers trading Ingram, Kuzma, and Ball, because it's going to cost all three for Anthony Davis and probably Hart, is going to beat the Warriors what if they don't sign one of these guys? What if Kemba stays in Charlotte or goes to New York? I mean, I don't think he's going to go to the Lakers. What if Kyrie? Does, what if Boston goes to the NBA Finals? What if Kyrie stays? Oh, he's gone. What if he stays? Now gone? What do you? You don't know. You don't know Diddley Squad. What if he gone? What if he's gone? What if he stays? How about that? 
you can sign Bogey and AD. You know, you you need the guard play. You need to look at the look at the what the Nets. The, the Sixers ran into trouble because they don't have that guard play. You need guard play. Mm-hmm. You can't. I'm just such a proponent. I know Anthony Davis is an elite talent. I'm a big proponent of signing a boogie because that, that's what they need and letting this team fucking play. Let them play, for God's sakes. Yeah. Just let them play. Let Lonzo Ball be your point guard. Oh, my God. Let him be, let him be the point guard. He's good. Or if, you wanted, good. if you want to do your point forward thing with Brandon Ingram, let him bring the ball. That's fine. But just let these guys play. Let them play. They, they gave, they've they given this team no chance. And they've ran Luke Walton out of town, who the other three guys they're interviewing, they're, no, they're not a better coach. They're not a better fit. It's just nonsense. Bringing Ty Lue to the Los Angeles Lakers, I feel like I'm watching like the Knicks all over. I feel like I'm watching the Knicks all over again. It's like nobody learns. Why don't you want to go get a great coach? What's wrong with that? What, what, what's the appeal in going to get a guy who hasn't done it at the NBA level for a long time? Like? Like a coach from college? I, don't, I mean, I don't know who's like on the coaching carousel that's, that's a viable option and is someone that I'm, that, you know, that Any fits college the, guy is going to jump to the next level, except for like those sex guys that, that'll never leave. The like, oh, oh, oh. Um, the Bayham is a worry. Yeah, I mean, God, how myself. long has Juwan Howard been coaching? He's an assistant coach. I mean, come on, dude. Maybe he like, hasn't held the reins of a team. Poaching, poaching Spolstra is like the only feasible thing. Spolstra is an unbelievable coach. What about uh? He's a top five coach in the NBA. What about Tibbs? Well, I mean, he's like, he's gone from being great coach I love to not Van Stan. He's not Van. Gundy territory yet? No, but he's he's like looking at the island. Look, I'd rather them go get that guy than I'd rather them have Mark Jackson than Tyron Lue. For sure, dude. I'd rather them have you than Tyron Lue. <laughs> I would rather you coach the Lakers than Tyron Lue coach the Lakers. I would love to coach the Lakers. Yeah, it's a complete embarrassment that this guy. It's like, come on. He couldn't handle coaching in Cleveland. He had to leave. Remember that. He had to go home for like a week. Couldn't handle it. Couldn't hang. Like, yeah. what do you think is going I mean, to I, happen I, now? I mean, I think Monty Williams is a better pick than Ty Lue. Again, you are you are a better pick than Ty Lue. Yeah. I am a better pick than Ty Lue, and I'm not an X and O guy. I'll be the first to say it. I'm not an X and O guy, and I am. Listen, I'll I'll drop sack in that locker room. That's for damn sure. I'll crack some jokes. Ty Lue is going to sit there wiping sweat off his face. Good luck. Got stepped over by Allen Iverson. Gets stepped over by his players. God, you can't have a guy that you can't have that guy coaching your team. I really think that they should just be like LeBron. You should be player coach. I think that would be kind of cool. Does Jackie Moon it? Yeah. I would rather LeBron be player coach than have them be coached by Tyler. Easily. That's how that's how bad of an option I think it is. I think having Ty Lue as the coach of the Lakers is such a horseshit option. I would rather LeBron just fucking coach the team. Okay. Let's do I, it. Yeah, let's do it. Question number four. Dear Josh and Toss and the Charity Stripe, if Billy Donovan loses, should the Thunder bounce him? If so, what's next for this guy? And that's from Alex in New York. Very pointed question. I love these kinds of questions. Billy Donovan, if the Thunder lose in the first round... It's not necessarily his fault. I love this Thunder team, but I'm not as psyched about them watching them play today as I thought they'd be. Adams kind of got bullied a bit today by Cantor, which I didn't think would happen. Mm-hmm. And it may not happen again for the rest of the series, but it definitely happened in game one. Then... I mean, I also, like, Ennis Cantor, is, he's like a man fueled by fire right now. That guy's playing with the biggest chip on his shoulder. He's doing great. I Knicks, think the Knicks, like, release him. Like, what are they doing? I'm sick of him being underrated. He's, he's great. He's a, he's a fantastic player. Plus, it's, everything that's going down, like, abroad, that's like, that's fueling him, nobody's too. Nobody's like, talking about that, dude. No. He's, like, on the run. Kind of. I don't even know. I don't even know what's going down. That, that just made me uncomfortable. I didn't want to read the article. Like, <laughs> but he, but he had a fantastic game. No, he absolutely outplayed uh, Stephen Adams. Yeah, who, who, who we love. We were, we were big Stephen Adams fans. Huge. How can you not be? He's like he's like the basketball version of Momoa. Um, Jeremiah Grant's like good, but he's not a good. He's a good shot blocker. He's good. He's a lengthy defender, but he's not good enough to propel you past the Warrior. Like, I'm looking at this team and. 
Schrader is good, but he kind of shoots them out. Of, he's like a, a point guard version of J.R. Smith at times. Kind of just shoots when he shouldn't be. And outside of I mean, West, I think he's a, he's a better playmaker than he is shooter. But because Russ has the ball in his hand so much, he's kind of forced into this role of doing what Reggie Jackson did for the team. But like yeah. Reggie Jackson's a better scorer than he is. Yeah, they're not a very they're not a very deep. No, they have they have little to no depth. Which is a problem. It is a problem because it, it means that PG and Russ have to have outstanding games every single time they play. Which, like, for these guys, listen, they can do it, which is why we picked the Thunder to win this uh, series in seven. Yeah. But it's tough on those games where, you know, things aren't exactly clicking for those guys, which means, you know, they're scoring 25 points instead of 40 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to have other guys that help out. Oh, if, you if, have to. If they're not both, if, if Paul George is not over 30, they're not going to win. And I don't think he's a hundred percent. I think he's a little hurt. And I, if I see Raymond Felton on the court, I can't take that team seriously. No, the meatball—that's what I call him. What's the character from Space Jam's name? The the chubby one, not Bill Murray's character. Is he the a, guy? The Seinfeld is he a cartoon? guy. The Seinfeld guy. Oh, uh, like his agent, Mike's agent, or whatever the guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm talking about. The guy, that's in, the guy that's in Jurassic Park. Yeah, the glasses. Everyone knows who I'm speaking of. Mm-hmm. That's what Raymond Felton looks like out there. Is <laughs> that guy? He yeah, looks yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He looks like a, he looks like someone's dad running around, and there's guys that are fathers in the NBA, but he looks like someone's dad. He doesn't look like a father. New, Newman from Newman. Seinfeld. He looks like yeah. Newman running around on the court. Love Raymond Felton, but he, come on, he can't. You can't. He can't be our sixth or seventh man in a, in a contending team. Mm-mm. That's imp- how did they not get Wes Matthews? How did they not? How did they not get Cantor? That's not Billy Donovan's fault. Pressy is a very good GM. He should have gotten those guys. But will they bounce Billy Donovan? They may look for a change. I don't think they will if they lose. I don't, I don't think so. But if in the off chance that Billy Donovan does leave, he is. I think it's way easier to go back from the NBA to college. I think he could wait a year out because I don't think the the Memphis job is not super appealing to me. The jobs that are available, the Lakers job. If Billy, Listen, Donovan, if Billy Donovan leaves the Thunder, if he gets fired because the Thunder get bounced in the first round, he should. Then be. they should. The Lakers should be gunning for him. Yeah, but let's say the Lakers don't. Because talk him. about a guy that works well with huge stars and knows how to manage talent, and has won March Madness twice. This guy, Billy Donovan, very mm-hmm. good coach. I'm very much about Billy Donovan. That's why I don't think they'll fire him. If they do, if he doesn't go to the Lakers, I think he's got a better chance of. He's. I don't think he'd mind going back to college, and I think he. I think that's totally plausible for him. Um, I think he had to wait a year out, honestly, for, until so a big job opens up, mm-hmm. something that he wants to sink his teeth into and get in there for. Yeah. But the because the Cleveland job is yeah they got they're gonna have a top three pick, which is super exciting. Colin Sexton, C.D. Oseman is great, but Kevin Love didn't have a full health, fully healthy year in the first year of his five year, hundred and thirteen million dollar contract. Uh oh. Then you got J.R. Smith, who is just sinking the cap space into the goddamn ground. Uh, Clarkson's good defensive liability. Then you got the Memphis Grizzlies. That's another vacancy that's available. The King's job is super exciting. Luke Walton hit the jackpot right there. Cannot wait for him to take that team to the playoffs. Yeah, next the year. Kings know what they're doing. They know what they're doing now. For some, I don't know what happened in the last two years. They know all of a sudden something. Vlad Divac knows what's good. He yeah. suddenly hit him in the head, and he knows what's going on. Good for him. The Memphis job, the Conley contract's the same situation. The Parsons contract is like, what? Yeah. Well, I mean, what even is that? Vladi Vladi realizes how you, he's, you know, he's learning from the other teams around him. He's learning from the other GMs around him. He's seeing that the way to do it is to build from the ground up. You go and get young players who work well together. Look at all those guys that are on their team that are really, like, blossoming. Buddy Heald, the guy that they went and traded for. Great move. Young guy. Got him, got him, got him when he was undervalued on the Pelicans. Easily. De'Aaron Fox, they draft. Guy you love. Look what he's done in his second year. I think two, there are two players that Marvin Bagley, love. injured earlier in the year. When he was healthy and later in the year, he's a stud exactly how we thought he was going to be. He's going to be better than Aiton. Absolutely. For sure. He, Bog, he, Bogdanovich, European player who they bring over. Vlade Divac is in touch with those those markets over there. Harrison Barnes is like not that old. No, Harrison Barnes is like 20. He's like 27. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, this team is like... Mavs need to get rid of cap space. They were like, okay, we'll grab a Harrison Barnes. That's fine. Yeah, I think it's a good pickup. I think I'm interested to see if they could pull anybody in the draft. I think if I'm the Kings, I would get rid of the, the phrase Sacktown. 
that unless like the thing is people start thinking that's hilarious and come for that. I think it's a little Sacktown, let's go nuts. That should be that. <laughs> that's Sacktown, let's go nuts. Now okay, now like I'm the back. PA announcer. I'm back on the bandwagon yeah. for that. That's hilarious. But I think Billy Donovan stays and I think the Memphis job is and the Cleveland job are almost as unappe- are, are almost as unappealing as the Lakers job. Unless the Lakers get some superstar. I mean Magic Johnson left. God, what the hell's going on in Los Angeles? <laughs> Question number five: Dear Josh and Josh from the Star- Dear Josh and Josh from the Charity from Stripe. the Sterity Tribe. Look, give it up Dear Josh and Josh from the Charity Stripe. Best superstar to be paired with next summer in NBA from, free agency. In NBA free agency, that's from Victor in New Jersey. Um, the guy Victor. would. I would love Victor. I would love to have KD or Kawhi, obviously, but the most seamless player, and this is tough for me to say because Kawhi kind of seamlessly transitioned into Toronto. Yeah, which he did. So it's, the, but I still think the most seamless player, and it won't happen. But in the off chance, like the, like the Sacramento Kings got this guy, Clay Thompson. I love him. I love him. I love him. He's one of my favorite players in the league. He's becoming like he's becoming like my favorite non-Celtic in the league slowly but surely. Hmm. And he's a guy that you could put on any team, and his game really won't have to change. You don't need his game to change. No. You don't have to change your game. You don't have to change your game for him. Right. He could seamlessly fit into any team in the goddamn NBA. As opposed to who I think is like the hardest guy to fit into your team, but potentially can be a really rewarding piece is Boogie. Yeah. Who like he could bring your team down. Yeah, I I think Boogie's fantastic, but where the NBA is at right now, I would almost bring in Kemba Walker before I brought in DeMarcus Cousins. That's kind of a crazy it's, thought. I don't think it is. I was going to say my 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 favorite guy in the offseason who I think is going to surprise everyone because I think if he doesn't stay in Charlotte, I think Kemba is going to show how good he really is because he's a stud. I mean, he has shown how good he is. He just he isn't, He's not Russell Westbrook. He's not as good of a rebounder. He's not as good of a passer. He's not as good defensively. I don't think he, he can't be the top guy on a top five team. Nothing no. to do with his size, it's no. just his overall skill set and his playability. But if we're being like very specific about how we categorize players positionally in the NBA, mm-hmm. and point guards are really point guards and they're point guard size, yeah, is he a top five point guard in the league? He's not gonna. He's knocking on the door. So Simmons not in that category. Is Simmons Correct. I'm like moving him out of that category. Okay, so you're moving. So it's a bench. It's essentially. You're, it's you're just moving Luca out of that category too. Yes. Is Harden in that category? There's a lot of questions I'm asking, but I need to know the parameters. Sure, we'll keep Harden in there. Mm, tough. Harden, Westbrook, Steph, Kyrie. Damian Lillard, see ya. Damian Lillard, but he's six. He's right there. Chris Paul? He's better than Chris Paul now. Okay. I think. Okay. I think. Okay. Now, playoff Chris Paul is a little bit different, but I think like in the regular season. I'm trying to like wrap my head around these guys. Like Off the top of my head, I'm like, uh, yeah, but uh, no, he's not better than Kyle Lowry. But he's seven. Okay. He said, but yeah, he's six, seven. No, but he's, yeah, he's a supplementary all-star to put on a winning team yeah like you bring him to you put him on the spurs right now with Lamarcus aldridge and demar Derozan, and that team's scary good oh god i remember i was about to say like what if he goes to like the suns what the fuck what if he goes to the spurs wow love that yeah that'd be sweet i'd be so about that i just think that he's so undervalued and i think that because of you know him playing on the horn the hornets have no one and they almost made the playoffs they 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 are they are a their supporting cast is abysmal Nicholas Batum is their second best player. Maybe. Uh, or Jeremy Lamb. He was like also not that good. He's fine. He's, this, he's okay. Like he's like a seventh man. Yeah. Like Monk Malik Monk's like an eighth man. Bridges is too young to really categorize yet. Frank Kaminsky looks like the world's tallest Jewish guy running around out there. Cody Zeller is fine, I guess. He's like a starting power forward. I mean nothing they're, more. They're like the Indiana Pacers. All the rest of their players are just like very average. But the Pacers players are a little bit better. Just like the, the pace like Miles better. Turner is easily the second best player on on the Hornets. No questions asked. Like the Bismack Biombo contract, ridiculous. Oh God, who? I can't. Like I, I'm, I'm, I just like. There's times I wake up and I'm like, where is this sports podcast gonna get me? And then I look what these guys do. I go, you know what? I could be the GM of an NBA team one day. <laughs> Because I would know for a guy, I don't, I don't know who I draft. I don't like off the top of my head, you know. I don't know what moves I make, but I know what moves I wouldn't make, and that is fuck, one of them. <laughs> that is one of them. I, drafting Bismack, signing Bismack Viano to four years. Yeah, 
fifty million dollars. Come on, fifty million dollars plus. Like, what are you doing? They put no cast around Kemba Walker. I I don't blame. I can't blame him for leaving. I hope he doesn't because I love that. But at the same time, I want him to get what he has earned and deserves. So I think he's a very attractive piece. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Katie and Kawhi, the two best players. I mean, I I say that because I think that Kevin Durant is gonna. I think he's gonna stay. Mm And I think Kawhi's, and I think Kawhi, and I think Kawhi's gonna stay too. Because Me too. I think I'm team. I'm team that. Let's forget about this bizarre loss that they had against the Magic in the first game, where DJ Augustine hit the three to win the game. Crazy. Um, hook him. <laughs> but I think yeah, no, I think that if the Raptors make it to the finals, then like, why would he leave? Mm-mm. Why would he leave? I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, but Kemba and Claire are obviously two of the guys that can seamlessly transition into teams and not make you change your offense. I think they're great fits. Anywhere, I think the Spurs would be lucky to have, you know, Kemba, Clay going to Sacramento automatically propels them to the top five team. If he goes to Utah, that could change their, that changes them too. Mm-hmm. You know, putting Buddy Hield as a six man. It, there's, if he even, if he even goes to the Clippers, that can, I would love that. That change, I mean, he, he's, he's so seamless. I yeah, love him. Pair him with Blue Will. Very, I feel like familiar territory with him and Steph. I think kind of. Yeah, but like he'll have more. He'll be the guy making. He'll t- he'll have the majority of the shots. Yeah, I'll pair him with Shy Gilly, who's like creating for him and getting him opportunities. You know, Shy's really great at getting into the lane and him. You know, being able to just kind of. That's why I got so chill on the That's why I got so excited about the Sacramento pairing with Clay Thompson. The ability for De'Aaron to slash and find him, or the pick and roll with MB three, mm-hmm. and him just. Sitting there on the outside. Yeah, he works well with anyone. I mean, the ability to shoot is just so important in the NBA right now. And he's the sec. He's the best spot up shooter. Or yeah. sec second, behind Steph. I think he's. Yeah, it's arguable that he's a better spot up shooter. Yeah, than Steph. It's crazy that it's even the fact that Steph's the top. I want to say this on the record. There's nothing to do with what they're talking about. If I could have one player in the playoffs right now, it's Steph Curry. I just want to say that on the air record. Not D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> I love D'Angelo. He's so great. His hair just makes me uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> she looks like a bunch of dicks hanging from his head. I love D'Angelo though. Ohio State product. Can't 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 hate on him. And then we'll close it out. First of all, fan questions as always amazing. Thank you so much. We love them. Keep hitting us up with them. We'll always do them on the show. Um, and we'll close out with Fab Five. Five takeaways from Game of Thrones episode one. <laughs> Game so, of Thrones. Game of Thrones sixty eight. Season 8, episode 1. There's six episodes this season which people were pissed about and after watching episode 1, I completely understand why people were so sad about that. Yeah. It, it didn't get good. Confess until, myself disappointed a little bit. I'll be... I, I'm not disappointed by any of the actors. I thought they did as well of a job as they could have. Um, it just, again, like it's like left off for season 7 left oh, off. Also, like, spoil alert, if you have not seen Game of Thrones, you should get out now. Yeah, stop Thanks now. for listening to the rest of the pot, or to the, you know, show. previous part of the show, but uh, you should get out. We're doing it. We're doing it. We're going in real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, one, so takeaway number one for me is that the pacing is still too fast. It's like Ravens travel like text messages. I like if I'm in a bad cell service where Verizon's not working well, I would be and Ravens were a thing, I would feel more comfortable sending a Raven. Yeah. At that point. Because yeah. they're traveling this fast. You know? I mean it's it took an entire season for Arya and the Hound to get all across Westeros. And now in season eight it's like oh, it took him seven minutes. It's like we're you I get I get where I I kinda get You got it. a lot to do. We, we know have, we have a lot to do. Uh, we have a little time. The episodes are getting more expensive and more. The, the battles are bigger. And the price, you can't just, you know, be throwing that many shekels down for 10 episodes. We get that. And there's, it also has to be assumed that, you know what, the, the walking and the hustling and the bustling about across the Seven Kingdoms, we can't, we don't have time to watch that. And you have to assume that, you have to assume time has passed. That being said, you do lose some of the character moments and some of the mm-hmm. best dialogue in those scenes. So now, like, everything and every conversation is do or die and has to mean something. And it's rushed and not ever. And, like, what's being said is not that tight, for lack of a better word. <laughs> it's not that hype. I'm not, like, sitting there like that was. I used to, like, sit there stoned on my couch, like, on like, season four, like, watching Game of Thrones. And, like, they would have a conversation that lasted, like, not two minutes that last like nine minutes yeah and i was like yo i don't know oh, we're not getting like a Varys Tyrion like crazy monologue about how they pull strings i and watched i watched like this i watched Tyrion have like a conversation with melisandre and uh and worm uh the uh the <laughs> gray worm gray worm yeah and worm and worm and from Coach Carter <laughs> and Grey Worm uh, the, I had not watched them like, it was like a season 4 conversation they had I think they were in Marine 
And I was so high on my couch. It was like a nine-minute conversation, and I didn't remember what the fuck any of them said. I was like, yo, that was awesome. That was like the coolest thing I've ever seen on TV. And there's no more of that. So that's issue number one. Fab Five, issue number two. Bran Stark needs to he needs to die. He's got to go. Can we kill Bran Stark already? I'm sorry. I, I, we watched like his Inside the Actor. He seems like a nice guy. Don't want to hate on him as a person. But the character, he just makes me so uncomfortable. It's like, you know. He's like a way less cool Stephen Hawking. We're like, sh- <laughs> we're like showing two people talk, and then all of a sudden, the camera just like kind of whips to the left, and he's just like chilling there. He's and just like, like haunting people. They, they expect us to be like, oh, a lot of time's passed, but this guy hasn't moved in like, what, what we assumed has been weeks. He's like a lord of Winterfell, and people are just like willy nilly, like he's running around him, like doing things, like prepping for battle, like making sure they have enough like feed for the new Dothraki like horde who has like come and is now like encamping at he's, Winterfell. He's been completely useless. He's he's actually been not just useless. He's been an inconvenience. He it, it's not even like, and we don't get any. We what? don't have time to show any of his moments where he does like the warg thing or whatever, where he like goes into animals and like sees stuff or like goes into the past and like sees memories because now there's not enough time for that so essentially what he's doing is he's just like a plot device like person like he just we're like here they just like talk to him and he's just like here's what's going to happen yeah we're sitting here waiting. in a monotone a voice like, we, have, we have no time for this i'm ha- i'm I'm, ha- I'm almost a man everything he says is like six words of just complete fucking nonsense just yeah. ridiculous yeah we're like hoping for this really sweet moment where like john sees him and is like Oh, like, God, I haven't seen you in so long, Bran. Like, you've grown up. Like, you look like almost a man now. Waste he's of like, John's breath. Yeah. Waste of yeah. his time. Yeah. A waste of his time. And he's, like, sitting there with these beautiful pelt furs. People are hungry. If you want, people are hungry. People are cold. And it's cold. Winter. It's winter. is here. Winter is here. It's not coming. It's here. And people are cold. And this guy is... Save your blankets for someone else. Exactly. This guy could be inside. Yeah. He's got, like, a nice room. And he's sitting in the middle of the walkway. Where people have to walk around Bran Stark, right? Right. Like, I mean, I've had a real what issue a with. I've had an He's issue so with his name the entire time. Bran, like, so when fit. someone's Wait, like, you have an issue. I have a completely. When someone's fits. like, when someone, yeah, he's so Bran. He's like the most bland fucking cereal I've ever had in my entire life. Dude is straight up raisin Bran. No, no raisins. <laughs> you thought not even like, not even the dried grapes that like kind of taste like something sweet. He's literally just like <sighs> Bran. He's that. Fi- he's fiber one. He's fiber one. He's fiber one, dude. Brand Stark, he's just like, like I, I almost wish they never pushed him out the window. I said this. We saw him, and I go, that he's literally Aegon Targaryen, the like old dude at the wall that like couldn't see anything, mm. and just like kind of uh, yeah, like that's what that's who he is. So he's he's got it. I we're get out of, get him out of here. Get him out of here. That was takeaway number two. Takeaway number three is. Just no, none of the feelings were super warranted. It kind of goes with takeaway number two. It's just there is like I felt like Euron Greyjoy flirting with Cersei Lannister. I loved it. I thought it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Both those actors are great. Unbelievable. It was a great tension. They crushed the characters, but like, why she, is, let her walk away? Yeah, why? Let, why, me let her f- walk away. Why is she giving it up so soon? She gave she's it up. A, she's the most powerful queen. In in Westeros, outside of Danny, yeah, and this guy comes in like a drunk dude at the bar. That's what he is. He, he knows his game, though. That's that's I'll say one thing about he's him. Got he knows great, his game. He, knows, he's not, he, he comes in like a drunk dude at the bar who is like rolls in, high fives like five people, shoves some guy, takes his drink, and hits on the prettiest girl. And that guy's got like a fifty fifty percent rate. But that prettiest girl, ten out of ten times, is not queen. Queen of the, you know, she's not in Queen's Landing. She's not sitting on the Iron Throne. She's sitting on the, not sitting on, this, he literally walks up to the woman sitting on the Iron Throne. Mm-hmm. What people have been clamoring over for now, now into eight seasons. Gets it, gives it up like that. Ridiculous. 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 And like he's sitting there, you know, he's sitting there asking if he was better than Robert Baratheon. I feel like that character wouldn't ask that because I feel like he knows he's better than, come on, dude. Well, Robert Baratheon wasn't bringing much. To I actually team. thought their pillow talk was a nice, like, little bright moment. After that, it got good. Yeah. It got good. I thought that was, like, a solid moment in there. Takeaway number four, Samuel Tarly is the man. Yeah. He talked about... Awesome like, actor. That was, like, the best written character of episode one. And he his performance, dude. You talked, you talked about it after we watched the episode. It's, like, his... His change of how he treats other um, other people and like the status of the person who he's talking to. So he's like he's receiving the information, um, the thanks from from D- 
Danny Targaryen for, and she's thanking him for uh, healing Jorah. The way and, he talks to Danny, the way he talks to John, the flip flop, yeah, scene yeah, to scene yeah, is yeah. awesome. He with such reverence when he talks to her, and then like when he's talking to John, you know, because he he grew up with him in the Night's Watch. They're he's, like they're boys. He's dropping sack. Yeah, he's slapping dick. That was that was my favorite moment of the entire show, and I don't know why it wasn't the last moment of the show. Oh, you mean you're confused? Him, him, oh, you're confused on why the last moment of the episode was was a brand moment. Yes, was a brand moment. Yes, hmm, that's shocking. What the fuck was that? <laughs> the last moment of the show absolutely should, or, should have or been, or at least Jamie Lannister taking off his hood, cut to black. Sure, I don't need him staring down. No, brand. I don't even want that. I don't want the Jamie. I don't want that to be the last moment. I want the last moment to be Sam Tarly, John's best friend, telling him that he's. Whatever Targaryen, I don't know, I don't remember what his name is, but that he's the son of Lyanna Stark and Rhaegar Targaryen, and that he is Aegon. No, nah, Aegon. Aeg, Aeg, no, 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 Aegon. it is Aegon. It is Aegon. Aegon. Um, and that he's the true heir to the Iron Throne. I thought, because yeah. that was the most conflictual moment in the entire show, and that's when I was like, this feels like this feels like the Game of Thrones I've been watching. And, last and you know what? You know what? And let episode two start off with Jamie getting to Winterfell, having a stare down, not with Bran's, you know, creepy ass. <laughs> Not with creepy ass, you know. Not with creepy dude at the party. With Brianna fucking Tarth, that's what I want to see. I want to see yeah. Jamie and Bran. You push so what? Bran's like sitting there happy as a clam that you pushed him out the window at this point in his mm-hmm. life. You know. Uh, takeaway number five is I think in episode two we're at least going to have a battle or something. A death. A death. No deaths. But the cool thing about. Uh, our fifth takeaway, our sixth takeaway, I guess. I don't know. Maybe we're doing more than five. Is that uh, we've got a character that we maybe thought was dead that is actually alive, and I'm pretty stoked about it. Uh, Tormund is still alive. Which oh, awesome. Tormund was great. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, yeah, Tormund's alive. Weird well. reveal. Not sure how he um, survived the fall off of the wall. We fell, fell down thousand. Ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> glad glad <laughs> that he's okay. They're dragons. Like there's bigger. There's bigger fish to fry in that in that sense. And uh, the night the the night kings is can send messages. He's sending messages. The burning of that child was no ice ravens, no no like ice ravens or anything like that. Ice ravens would have been a cool touch. Yeah, that would have made me smile. What would have been on the message though? You're fucked. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, something like some Valerian bullshit that they can't like they have to go to like the maesters to read. Yeah, but the it's it's an interesting the the message was cool that he could send messages. Okay, now he's communicating and let him know what's up. I'm glad that he's not just like a mm-hmm. zombie walking around. He's blaming. No, I mean it's really nice like if you're meeting someone for dinner or something like that. You you send him obviously you've scheduled that this is going to happen, but then 10 minutes before you get there you go, "Hey, I'm on my way. I'll be there soon." It's like that. And then there's the expectation that like they get there, "Oh, he's 10 minutes away. Okay. I probably should go to the hostess and like ask her like when we should be seated or something like that. Cause I'm waiting for my guest and he, you know, There's he's on like, his way yeah, and he's going to kill like everyone even, here. He's going to turn them all into ice like, monsters. Like, yeah. Even like the five, even like the five hour, five hour head, like the six hour head, like midday. Hey, we still on for the night. Yeah. Yeah. We still, even, just some messages. You up? Yeah. Are you up? Yeah. I'm at work. Good. Okay. Good. 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 good, good. Okay. You ready for this? Yeah. I'm going to kill you. Right. I'm going to come kill you. Turn all your friends into zombies. But and like the coolest part is I'm sitting there like I, and now I, I guess I've grown accustomed to it. Tormund, they see this, you know, they're like, okay, Jon Snow's going to find it. He's by next episode. He's going to know what's happened because the Ravens move so fast. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? The world's fastest ravens are in Winterfell. Um, but listen, I, we've kind of shit on episode one. We were disappointed. We start off with that. Am I pumped for Game of Thrones? Yes. Is it an amazing show? Absolutely. I wouldn't rank it amongst... It wouldn't be my number one show anymore. It was my number one show until after, until season six was finished. And then after season seven, I bumped Breaking Bad. I felt bad about moving Breaking Bad behind it. I bumped Breaking Bad back up to number one. You were broken up about Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Very. You were extremely. broken up about breaking the news to Breaking Bad that they were not any longer the best show I felt ashamed I felt I was embarrassed honestly mm, shame. shame shame um speaking of shame drag both feet inbounds if you don't want to be in sh- ashamed swing on a full count rip that puck hit that putt baby go for the goddamn iron throne and hit your free throws why toss cause they free we out ya we love ya
There's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.